Welcome to the study of God's Word, recorded live from Calvary Chapel in Aurora, Colorado. To learn more about the many resources available through Abounding Grace Media, visit us online at calvaryaurora.org or download our free app on all platforms. And now, let's open our Bibles and study God's Word. Well, today, um, guys, I actually have the privilege of of sharing the Word with you. Um, It's for the unfortunate uh, side, though, that our pastor is sick, and so he was not able to be here. And I know he was greatly disappointed because I know he wanted to be here um, this particular weekend and also with the opening of everything downstairs. Um, but he did ask that we pray for him um, as there is some ministry that is up ahead that the Lord has called him to. And of course, we need him to be well for those things. And so, um, but as I was mentioning, there's an unfortunate side to it. But there's also a side for us to learn as well that, you know, sometimes things like this happen where we can't understand why they happen this particular way. But I do believe that God would have a word for us today that I'm going to share with you guys. And this actually comes from a message that I shared with the men at the men's retreat this past, uh, this past weekend as well. So guys, if you were there, you know, just pray that God would give you a fresh word as you, as you would hear this again. Uh, maybe something that he would point out to you that, that perhaps you didn't hear that first time. But, you know, it was God's plan. God knew that this was going to be a message that we would bring back and share with the entire congregation. And so I just pray that it speaks to your heart. So let's, let's pray for our pastor, and we'll just pray uh, for our word as well, the word that God gives us. Lord, we do uh, want to be faithful to lift up our pastor as well, as he has asked that we join in prayer for him. And just, Lord, knowing that in a moment, you could touch his body and make him well. And Lord, that uh, we would absolutely love to see that take place, Lord, as he does have this ministry that's ahead of him and needs to physically be well. And so, Lord, I just, um, you know, we as a congregation just lift up our pastor and just pray that he would be well. And Lord, we just pray that you use your word, speak to us today, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So I'm going to be sharing with you guys today from Proverbs chapter 12, but before we get there, I'll actually have you guys open up your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. So we'll eventually make our way to Proverbs chapter 12, but I want to share something with you in context of what we're talking about, starting in Romans chapter 12. See, when the guys, when we were up there at the retreat center this past week, we were really focusing in on this particular section of scripture. This is really the core of what we were talking about here in Romans chapter 12, in particular, the first couple of verses. See, the theme that we had there at the men's retreat was a renewal, a renewal. But what it was talking about was a renewal through the transformation of our mind. And there was really, you know, of course, we as the guys really enjoyed our time up there with the good teaching that we, that we heard, uh, with a good fellowship that we enjoyed as men. And with the encouragement that we receive to be transformed, to be transformed in our thoughts, in our actions, and in our lives. And so as you've made your way to Romans chapter 12, we'll take a look in particular at verse number 2. Because again, in context, I do, there's something in here I really want to share that'll be a connection to what I want to share with you guys here today. And so it says in Romans 12, 2, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect 
will of God. And so really where I want to draw your attention to is that word transformed. God's word is telling us in this verse to be transformed. And that word transformed is really a fascinating word. For any of you guys that have been studying the Bible for some time, you may have heard or you may have come across this yourself. But that word transformed is a word that we would commonly understand as metamorphosis. So that word transformed literally would translate to us as metamorphosis. And of course, when I say the word metamorphosis, what might come to mind for you is the caterpillar and that transition to it becoming a butterfly. That is metamorphosis. And it's a really fascinating thing that takes place when you think about it. You know, I, I truly believe that God gave us that picture of this metamorphosis to speak to his creation, to speak to his goodness, to let us know, yes, there is a God. These things don't just happen by mistake. Because that metamorphosis process, you think about this little caterpillar, this little insect, many limitations. You know, it can only move a certain distance, a certain speed, you know, not moving too quickly. But God allows this metamorphosis transformation to take place for an upward purpose, as this caterpillar would then become a butterfly. The limitations then are much different. You know, as it becomes a butterfly, it's able to fly around, to cover a lot more area, that kind of a thing. But what's fascinating also about this, this word metamorphosis is that for us, actually, it's made up of two different words. The first word, meta, literally means a change of condition. So you can think about that in the physical sense of the caterpillar in that picture that it serves. But understand spiritually, this same thing is taking place. As God's word tells us, be transformed, he's saying you have received, as a first part of this, a change of condition. That's what God is telling us and wanting us to really understand. The first part of this, meta, change of condition. The second part of that word, though, morpho, means to form. So God in the same way he does this with a caterpillar in giving us that picture, gives us a change of condition. And then for those of us, the second part of that word means he changes us with a real purpose, an upward purpose to form us, as that word would imply, to form us into what he desires for us to be. Another really interesting thing about this word is that it is a passive word. It's a passive word. Meaning, as we would understand this and apply it, it means that we are metamorphosized people, if that is a word, metamorphosized. In other words, we can understand that God has changed our condition to form us into what he desires us to be, and that is our identity. And I know a lot of times we as believers can have a hard time understanding that and appreciating that, believing that truly is God's work that has taken place, where he has given us a new identity. And for those of us that do gain an understanding of this, we would understand that, okay, God has given us that identity so that we could then walk in it. Because you think about the process with the caterpillar, as we were referring to, when that caterpillar is changed into a butterfly, it's never going to go back to being a caterpillar again. See, that metamorphosis has taken place. That caterpillar has a new identity, and now 
it walks in it, or in this case, flies in that identity because he has been changed. See, but then again, when you take that understanding and apply it to your own life, you understand that your own change, your change into the godly person that you desire to be is not by your own efforts to be that better person, but by your response to our loving God who has saved you, who has transformed you. I'm going to read that again. Your change into the godly person you desire to be is not by your efforts to be that better person, but by your response to our loving God who has saved you and has transformed you. He's done that work by his mercy. He's done that work through his grace. And he has done that work for his upward purposes. And you know when this whole process began for you? It began in that moment that you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. See, what God offered you in that moment was a change of condition. He removed the unrighteousness that had been a part that had really defined your life and replaced it with His righteousness. A change of condition was offered to you, which you accepted when you accepted when Jesus became the Savior of your life. You were the recipient of an exchange life through the power of the Holy Spirit. And from that time, he has been, every day, forming you into the image of Christ. And he uses all of our life experiences, the difficulties, the times of rejoicing, all of it, in order to make us more like him. So as we are yielded to him, we will understand he is doing that work. And it's an incredible thing that takes place. See, as you understand and appreciate that identity that you have in the Lord, you will be benefited and others will be benefited as well. If you guys want to just turn a few pages to your right, um, as you guys are in Romans chapter 12 now, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Because this particular word that we're talking about here today, this transformation, this metamorphosis, it only appears in just a few verses here in the New Testament. And when it's first introduced to us, it's introduced to us in the gospel accounts. When Jesus went up on the mountain and was transfigured before the three disciples that came to be a part of that, they saw Jesus transfigured, same word, transformed into his glorified state. They got to see a glimpse of what that looked like. So it's used there. Of course, it's also used in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, which we read. But it's also in this verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, in verse number 18. And so as you guys have made your way there, I'm going to read it from the New International Version. Um, I think it really captures the essence of what this verse is telling us. And so it says there in that verse, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed. There's that word. We are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And so what that verse is telling us is that we are, our identity, our identity is we are being transformed. It's an active thing that is taking place. It's a process that through the power of the Holy Spirit, those changes are taking place. See, much of our Christian walk has much to do with embracing the identity that we have received from God, 
when he changed our condition. And perhaps in your Christian walk, you face these times where you've been really frustrated because you believed you had to perform and do all of these things in order to be considered righteous, at least in your own mind of what that picture might look like. But there's so much encouragement for us to receive when we understand that it's the work of the Holy Spirit that is doing that work in our lives. It's Him that is transforming us. And if, even if you think about the process of the metamorphosis from that caterpillar to the butterfly, that takes place when that caterpillar is at rest. It's not by the efforts of that caterpillar to change. It's a process that takes place, which God oversees. So for us, being transformed, we are transformed into his image, into the image of the Lord, and that power comes through the Holy Spirit. And how those things take place, take place in the renewing of our mind. That's the transformation. And that actually leads into, as I was sharing with you guys, the word that I want to share with you. Because as we think about this transformation, our change in our thought processes, change in the way that we handle certain things, it really ties in with the word that I have for you guys out of Proverbs chapter 12. So if you guys want to make your way there to Proverbs chapter 12, we're going to be at verse number 25. And I've entitled this message, Anxiety, Depression, and a good word. And really what I want to focus in on is that word depression. Depression, as you guys know, I don't have to tell you this, depression is very, very prevalent in the days that we live in right now. And I was talking with a brother in between services about this too, and it just seems like that prevalence has a lot to do with the desperation of the enemy of our souls, the devil, who is desperate in these days because he knows his time is short. And I believe he ramps up his attacks on us, on believers and non-believers alike. In one particular area, depression. And I think it's really fascinating that God's word talks about depression. Because I came across this as I was just going through my daily devotions. I was reading in the morning, I happened to be in Proverbs chapter 12, and I came across this verse in verse 25. It says, anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. And as I was reading through that, I was just really, it really caught my attention that God's word specifically addresses depression. See, when I was going through this, when I was reading through my devotions, I happened to be in a time, this was not very long ago, where I just had this sense of heaviness, this oppression upon myself that for me, I was really having a hard time shaking it. You know, I know the things of the word to be true. I know God is good. I know all of the promises he has for us, but I just found myself in this place where I was having these anxious, depressive thoughts, and it was heavy. And so I was reading through the Proverbs, came across that, and just really jumped off the page to me. You know, this could be one of those things for you guys too, where you read through God's word, even for myself, I don't know how, how many times I've read Proverbs chapter 12 before, and you know, maybe I've read it in some different translations, because not all of them define this word in the word that we understand in the New King James as depression. But it just, I just happened to be reading in that translation that morning, and it just really spoke to me. As it says here in this particular word, anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. 
And so if we think about that, really what the Bible is teaching us is that depression oftentimes is rooted in anxiety. And of course, there's a well-known Bible verse um, that talks about anxiety uh, for us as believers in Philippians chapter 4. You don't have to turn there. I'll just go ahead and read these verses. But in Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7, the Bible tells us to be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. See, I think God includes these couple of verses in his, in his word to us because he knows that naturally we are very anxious people. You know, if we're talking about anxiety, I think, it, I think there's value in talking about, well, what exactly is the definition of anxiety to help us understand? And so the definition of anxiety is this, a feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. I'll read that for you guys again. I know that's a lot to take in. Definition of anxiety, a feeling of worry, nervousness or unease, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. See, what I can tell you guys, my church family, is if you are worried about something where the outcome is uncertain, then you are worrying about something that is beyond your control. When we have these anxious thoughts, when these anxious thoughts arise, we need to ask ourselves, first and foremost, have I truly given these anxious thoughts to God? And in asking ourselves that, have we fully surrendered that to Him? And we need to be honest with ourselves. Have we done this? Because I know for me, this has happened in the past for me, where I believe that I had surrendered anxious thoughts to God, but then I took it back. The reason being is, as I was waiting for God to do something, maybe he didn't respond in the way that I thought he would. And so I take those anxious thoughts back to myself, try to control it, and I just made things worse for myself. The thing I think we need to gain here is to not let surrendering our anxiety to God be the last resort, but instead let it be the first. We should never let surrendering our anxiety to God be the last resort but rather let it be the first. Because the truth is, if our anxiety goes unresolved, the result oftentimes, as the word tells us, leads into depression. If you guys want to uh, turn to Luke chapter 10, there's a very familiar account here in regards to two sisters, Mary and Martha. And I think it really gives us a great picture of what it looks like to have anxious thoughts to expend so much energy, so much time focusing on things that are beyond our control. The story of Mary and Martha, and in particular Martha, who had these anxious thoughts. She was very concerned about the things that her sister was not doing, that it truly consumed her mind. So as you guys make your way to Luke chapter 10, look at verse number 40. Verse number 40, that's where we will pick up. And so in the account here, it says this. It says, but Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him, she approached Jesus, and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her 
to help me. And you look at the response of Jesus. He says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. See, we know in the context of what Jesus is talking about, that one part that Mary had chosen was to be at the feet of Jesus, to be there at his feet. Jesus said that is the one thing that is needed in order to help, now in the case of Martha, to resolve these anxious thoughts. Because we can take Martha's example here, looking at this account, and gain a number of things. See, I think the first thing for us to note is that we can oftentimes, in our anxious thoughts, get to these depressive-type thoughts, where, like in Martha's case, who is distracted with much serving, we can take that as thoughts of, man, I've been doing, and I've been doing, and, you know, performing all of these things, and yet no one appreciates me. Have you guys ever had those thoughts? Doing all of these things, and no one appreciates me. It goes on. You know, she says that she approached Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care? And how often times have we gotten to that place too, where our anxious thoughts have taken over and we begin to really believe and think that the Lord doesn't care? We know that is not true. But yet those thoughts creep into our mind and it interferes with us being able to think with clarity. And we can actually start to believe the Lord doesn't care. As it goes on, Martha says, my sister has left me to serve alone. We get that, those feelings as well, that people have left us. People don't care. We can think about that, whether it's our sister or whether we're talking about others, that they must not care. They're out there doing their own thing while I'm here suffering. As it goes on, it says, my sister has left me to serve alone. We can begin to feel very alone. As we begin to feel alone, we begin to believe that nobody understands what I'm going through. And if nobody understands what I'm going through, then help is probably not available to me. And if help is not available to me, then you begin to feel very hopeless. See, thankfully, Jesus gives the remedy right there in that moment. He says there is one thing that is needed, and that real remedy is found in being at the, at the feet of Jesus, being in that one place, that one place that he says is necessary. When we're at the feet of Jesus, what we will find is a good word. As it tells us in that proverb that anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. Being at his feet, we will be recipients of a good word. Now, this is an interesting thing to think about, though, because obviously in this account, for Mary and Martha, Jesus was physically right there in front of them. And so it's, it's easy to think about being at the feet of Jesus. But for those of us now, obviously you live in the days that we're in now where Jesus is not physically here, how can we be at his feet? And I think it's important to remember, if you guys remember the beginning of John's gospel, as it opens up, it tells us in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. So we have right here in front of us the Word of God. And what the Bible is helping us to understand is that there is much value in the time that we spend in reading our Bibles. 
Now, I know some of you guys can identify with this too, where you, you're on this, this role where you're going through God's word, you're doing really good, then you miss a day. And then you get pick it back up, and then you miss a couple days. And then before you know it, you're missing all this time in, in God's word. And it totally changes how you think, how you handle situations in your life. And there's, that's why it's so important for us to remember that being in God's word is essential. It's got to be a part of our everyday lives to be in God's word, because by doing that, we will be at the feet of Jesus. Another thing that we can do, aside from reading our Bible, is to be around other people who will be honest with us and share God's word with us. You know, as we have these anxious thoughts, different things in our lives going on, you want to surround yourself with people that are going to give you God's word. That is where the encouragement is going to be. Now, I know that each of us have life experiences and wisdom that we can share in regards to things that people are going through. And, you know, we might have that heart to come alongside of them. But I think it's super important for us to remember that as we do that, we have to remember, bring God's word into that. God's word has to be the foundation of it. Because what you want to share with people that would come to you, you want it to be from God's word. There's a lot of really cool things as you consider that because there's power in God's word. But for you individually also, it takes the pressure off of you to be the solution to whatever their problem is. Because what you're doing as you share God's word with somebody else is you're giving them the opportunity to then receive God's word and to respond, respond in obedience. So when you think about that, when you offer counsel to someone, make sure it's biblical counsel and make sure you're considering what God's word has to say in particular situation. When you share God's word, remembering, remember you are giving them an opportunity to respond in obedience to the Lord. Another thing, of course, that we need to do is to make sure we are praying regularly. Pray uh, as a part of your life and allow for God to give you his word that you might share with others. The thing about our prayers and receiving from God, I've heard this before too with certain people, you know, I've talked to here in the church that they've received what they thought was this word from the Lord, but as they kind of talked it through, came to find out, you know, this really doesn't line up with what scripture tells us. So we will know that if we're receiving something, whether that's from us or whether that's from the Lord, because what we receive, if it lines up with scripture, then it's, prob- it's going to be from the Lord. But if it does not, God is not going to give you something that contradicts what his word says. So don't fool yourself in an emotional moment, convincing yourself you heard from God when what you received contradicts what God's word says. So just be on guard for that. And then another thing that we can do is to minister to the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. And what that looks like is to do things in your life to feed the Holy Spirit that lives within you. Because by doing so, feeding the Holy Spirit inside of you, we will then walk in the Spirit. And God's Word tells us on how we can know if we are walking in the Spirit or if we are not. Because if we are walking in the Spirit, what will our lives exhibit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are from Galatians chapter 5. Ways that we can know that we are walking in the Spirit is those are the things that our lives will exhibit. We will walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh. 
So coming back to what we were talking about, anxiety, anxious thoughts. Anxiety tends to get the best of us when we are super focused on the situation and not on the one who helps. See, the wrong focus leads us to becoming overcome with anxiety. And ultimately, as I mentioned before, if that goes unresolved, will lead to depression. So if we're thinking about depression, let's talk about the definition of depression. The definition is great sadness, hopelessness, lack of courage, typically associated with feelings of inadequacy and guilt. I'll read that again. The definition of depression, great sadness, hopelessness, lack of courage, typically associated with feelings of inadequacy and guilt. See, depression in of itself, guys, when we're overcome with these depressive type thoughts, recognize that in that particular moment, you're in a dark place. It's a very dark place to be, to have these depressive thoughts. It's not to say that there aren't life experiences that we have that lead us to this place, because those things are going to happen. They're going to happen to every one of us. But what we need to understand is when those times come, how does God want us to deal with those things? How does he want us to resolve those things? See, when depression comes, as I was mentioning it to you, it's a very dark thing. It's, it, and many times we need to understand it's a direct attack of the enemy himself, the devil. But recognize this. You know, in that particular moment, he might be winning the battle for your mind as he can get you to this place where you're having these dark, depressive thoughts. But that same enemy is a defeated enemy. Keep that in mind. That's going to actually be something very pivotal for you guys as you might have these thoughts of recognizing, yeah, the enemy is attacking me, but he's a defeated enemy. He's defeated by the completed, finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And yeah, he can come at us, but he's defeated. He's desperate because his, he knows his time is coming to an end. And so I really believe he is intent on attacking believers, non-believers in this same way, attacking our minds, attacking our thought processes. And that's why I thought it was so cool up at the men's retreat to have this theme of transformed, you know, transformed in our thought process and how we deal with things like this. See, the remedy is replacing depression with hope. And I think a very practical, simple way to do this is to fill that depress depression, meet it with a word that has spoken to you. So in particular, even as it says there in Proverbs 12:25, a good word makes our heart glad. Think about a word that you know that has encouraged you through the years and pointed you to the hope that is in Jesus Christ. For me, I have a word, Romans 8:31, which says, if God is for us, who can be against us? That word gives me so much hope that despite all of these attacks that come, God is for me. As those things come, God is not against me. God doesn't want me to fail. God doesn't want me to stay stuck in this downward spiral. But rather, God offers deliverance. And if he is for us, then who can be against us? There's so much hope just in that simple truth. 
So when I was going through um, what I was going through that I shared with you guys not too, not too long ago, in these depressive type thoughts, I was reading, as I shared, in my devotion time in Proverbs chapter 12. Well, I was talking to my wife after my devotion time and sharing with her what I had read, and she happened to be at the same, on the same day in 2 Chronicles chapter 32. And it's a really neat thing because it's, I'll read the verse for you that, that she shared. But in 2 Chronicles 32, she's reading about King Hezekiah. And for any of you guys that have studied the Bible, you know that King Hezekiah, during his reign in Judah, he faced a number of battles. There were a number of battles that just kept coming at this king. When he was facing this one particular imminent battle, he purposely took time to pause and to seek the Lord. And when he did that, he received a good word from God. And in the receiving of that good word, he was then able to come back to the people of Judah to share it with them and to truly give them hope. Everything that we are talking about here today. And so I find it fascinating. It's 2 Chronicles 32, verse 8. And in that verse, King Hezekiah tells the people, with our enemy is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And this is what it says. It says, and the people were strengthened by the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. See, these guys were facing a battle that was really, (laughs) to understand, was hopeless. There was no way they were going to win these things, to win this battle. But the word that God received, or the word that Hezekiah received from the Lord, was that the Lord our God is with us, and he will fight our battles. And in the receiving of that, the people were strengthened in that truth. They could combat that hopelessness, to combat that lack of courage that they were sensing, replacing it with a hope that exists in God. And there's so much truth in that for us to receive as well. See, as we release and surrender these anxious and depressive type thoughts, surrendering and submitting those things to God, the anxious situation is alleviated. The depression is replaced with a thankfulness in our hearts, as it talks about in that verse in Philippians. We go to God with thanksgiving in our hearts. And it tells us that as we do that, God's promise is that he will guard our hearts and our minds in Jesus Christ. And that gives me, and I hope it gives you, much hope. See, there's a tremendous difference in how we handle our anxiety and depression when our minds have been transformed in the power of the Holy Spirit. God knows we're very naturally anxious people, but God is readily available to help us with supernatural help. And so what I want to leave you guys with is remembering that this transformation, this metamorphosis that we talked about at the beginning, transformation in our thoughts, in in the process on how we deal with life situations, this is not something for you to strive to attain, but rather to rest in God and embrace the identity that you have being transformed in your mind through the one who is victorious. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I do, um, 
I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you that you use it to speak to our hearts and to meet us in these real life situations that we talk about. Um, Lord, because some of these things that come at us with good reason, Lord, we have this anxiety and this depression that's in our thoughts. And Father, I believe that you use all of those things, Lord, in order to teach us just truly how dependent upon you we really are. Father, I pray that in those moments of anxiety and depression, Lord, that we would surrender those things to you and allow for you to fill us with a good word to make our hearts glad. Lord, surround us with brothers and sisters who will do that same thing, Lord, sharing your word with us that would encourage us in those moments, Lord, where we're having these thoughts of hopelessness, Lord, thoughts that nobody cares, nobody understands. Father, I know that this particular area is one that um, can be a very sensitive thing to talk about here in our church, but it's very real. Lord, I know there are a number of us that have had these types of thoughts and maybe even currently are battling anxiety or depression. Father, it's not something that we should condemn ourselves for. Lord, I know that that's how the enemy would desire to use it, to keep us down. But Father, I thank you, you are victorious. Lord, you have transformed us. You've given us a new identity. We can celebrate that and walk in it and allow for you to give us victory in these areas of our lives. And, you know, perhaps you're here today and you've heard what was shared and maybe you're in this place where it's a little bit hard to identify with what's being talked about because you've never come to that place where you have asked Jesus to be the savior of your life. And so I most definitely want to give opportunity for that here this morning. That if you've heard what was shared and there was something moving in your heart that you know that God is calling you to that place today to respond to him, I just want to invite you to raise up your hand and just accept the free gift of salvation that he offers here today. And I ask you to lift up your hand only for the purpose of being able to intercede for you and to pray for you as you would make that decision, but also in the thought of that we get to rejoice as a congregation, knowing that God had an appointment with you here today, brought you here, brought you here to listen so that you could make that decision for him today. And so if there's anybody that's here that knows God is moving on your heart to make that decision, just lift up your hand. And I just want to have that opportunity to pray for you. God bless you. I see you back there. Is there anyone else? I see a hand right here. Anyone else that wants to make that decision here today? Well, God, I rejoice, and I know we do as a congregation, rejoicing with those that come to that place today where they invite you to be the savior of their lives. And so for any of you that are making that decision, I would just ask that you pray um, after me. You can use your own words, um, but pray something as simple as this. God, I acknowledge before you that I have sin. And Lord, I thank you for the free gift of salvation that you offer me today. Lord, I believe that Jesus Christ lived and he died and he rose again, giving me forgiveness of sin and giving me victory to walk in. Lord, I thank you for meeting with me today, for bringing me here 
to that place to make that decision for you. And I give you my life from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. For any of you guys that did make that decision, we have these packets available to you that will help to guide you through some of those first initial steps of what it looks like to, as you make that decision for the Lord, um, questions that you may initially have um, that will help you to understand what this decision is, what decision you made today. And so please, you know, feel free to come and pick up one of those packets or maybe somebody will be around you that will just put one in your hands. And wonderful, that's, that's a great thing to do. The other thing I want to do before we leave is give an opportunity as well for those of you that, you know, you found something really real today, something that really spoke to your heart in recognizing that you are battling with some of these things. And so if anxiety or depression is something that you have battled through, is something that you really want to surrender and give to the Lord, I just want to pray for you guys as well. I'm not going to ask you to come up here to the front, but if that spoke to your heart and you want to join me in prayer, let's pray through that as well. So again, Father, um, Lord, I thank you for your good word. It gives us so much release, so much hope. Lord, the power in the Holy Spirit to walk through these days in which we live in, recognizing, Lord, just how much you truly love us and truthfully, Lord, how much the enemy hates us and wants to keep us down. Father, I thank you that you lift us up. You lift our eyes to keep our focus upon you, knowing, Lord, that even as you have told us in your word, Lord, you've invited us to bring whatever burdens we have to you. You've told us your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And Lord, in that truth, we know that as we yoke with you, Lord, that through those trials and through those storms, you're going to walk with us. And so we just thank you for that hope. And I pray for anyone, Lord, that this word spoke to them today. Um, Lord, help them in the transformation of their minds and in their thought processes on how they've dealt with these things to release them to you and for allow for you to do a, a mighty work in their hearts and in their minds in the power of the Holy Spirit. So we thank you, Lord, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. We pray that you've been encouraged by this Bible study delivered live from the sanctuary of Calvary Aurora. For prayer or a copy of this study, call us at 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-304-7223. Or visit us online at calvaryaurora.org. Be blessed as you worship Jesus this week.